to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Do, Do not, not adjust, adjust your computer, computer screen. screen. It's your, your mind we're changing. Stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe Box. Greek god Pan, one half goat, the other half man. Pan, Pan, Greek god Pan, one half goat, the other half man. Pan, Pan, Greek god Pan, one half goat, the other half man. Pan, Pan, Greek god Pan, one half goat, the other half man. Pan, Pan, Greek god Pan, one half goat, the other half man. From the heavens to your ears, this is Universe Box, and we're traveling across the universe on the back of a turtle. I'm Bill Meeks. <laughs> and I'm Anne-Marie D. Simone. As soon as your camera comes up, as you will As soon as my camera. And camera. we're back for another wonderful episode of Universe Box. There she is. Yeah, hi. hi. Yes. Uh, a, 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 oh, you can't even. Oh. A toga party of sorts. Toga. Toga, toga. Toga. Now, I don't know why we have the togas on. Yeah, I have no idea. You have no honestly. idea. There's no reason. Yeah, I, I, and uh, but we are joined by our chatters here. <laughs> I all I, I there's like ten of you in there, so pan, super fun. Pan, great uh, God, pan. That's where you win. We usually uh, we usually record uh, live Thursdays, eight thirty p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. And uh, I see uh, Sage of Earth, Michael Lucero, Win, Liz, uh, Tensor Guy, Bobby. Tondagasa, a lot of our regulars. Such a group. I love yeah, it. Yeah, all of our storytellers. It's, <laughs> it's great to see, for sure. And I hope everyone enjoys their earworm for the rest of the week. Pun, <laughs> pun, Greek God It's pen. just because it's so repetitive, right? It's fantastic. Okay, uh, one uh, real quick note before we get into the main uh, meat of the show here is I just wanted to mention that uh, in about uh, 10 weeks, 11 weeks, something like that, we're going to be doing an episode called Leftovers, which is basically if you missed uh, sending in one of your stories for our, our theme shows, mm-hmm. uh, this is your uh, – you, you can catch back up. You can catch back up. So uh, up until uh, probably November, we're going to be accepting uh, stories uh, based around any Anything of the themes. You Yes. Uh, we've done so far, uh, like I see cats and dogs, Harry Potter, everything old is new again. Cookies. Cookies. Home. Coffee. Manners. Oh, coffee, 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 coffee. Yeah, I would if, love to relive that if anybody has something to yeah, say. If you want a full list, just go uh, look at our, our feed wherever you subscribe to us at or go to universebox.com slash category slash show and go ahead and send those uh, stories into us at universeboxshow at gmail.com or uh, leave a voicemail 424-274-2352 and we'll give you that information at the end of the show as well yes so i i guess uh, it's about time to get into it here uh Anne-Marie, what's in the box all right let's find out what's in the box what is in the box <laughs> am i falling is it a toga <gasps> might be a toga let's find out is it a ghost bed sheet that we turned Repurpose. into a toga <laughs> it's mythology 
mythology. Yes, this week we're talking about mythology. Uh, first of all, Anne-Marie will make a fool of her co-host, that's me, uh, with Name That Deity in the game box. We'll open up the Wonder Box and analyze Disney's Hercules. Hercules! Uh, next, Patty gives us a mythological primer in the phone box. Ring, ring, ring. We have a lot of great listener myths in the mailbox. Bam. And finally, uh, we're going to pull out some questions you submitted to us through the idea box. So hey, it's going to be a good episode, it's I gonna think. It's going to be good. It's, it's going to be, be good. a lot of fun. But you know what? Actually, Emery, I believe uh-huh. you have Rico. you have the, uh, the, the honors of leading our first box here. So uh, you want to go ahead and uh, get started? Yes. Also, high night are... RAF. Thank you for joining us. Woohoo! Oh, uh, very cool. Very cool. Oh, by the way, um, uh, Sage of Earth says, now comes the process of trying to get that song out of my head. You'll never do it, Nope, Patty. that's why we do it. That's why we do it. Okay. Are you ready? Are I, you ready? I guess. Uh, Let's see. Wait, what are we doing here? Hold on. I'm scrolling. I'm in the wrong spot of the time. It's been hectic. Okay. Scrolling, scrolling. Okay. Mythology does not just involve the Greeks and Romans. So that's who everybody usually thinks of. Tonight, we are going to challenge Bill's knowledge of mythological creatures from around the world with Name That Deity. Oh, yeah. This game box. I'm not, I'm not feeling too, too confident. He in this, shouldn't. We'll see. He shouldn't. Okay. So what we're going to do, mm-hmm. Bill's going to pull up a picture. He has no idea what they are. They're, yeah, actually, let me go ahead. That, and, I was like, that's, here's that's, a preview of the game. This is a preview of the game. There go we go. Here's him. the first picture. Yes. I was like, so this is the first one. Okay, and here is your, well, clue. <laughs> I, I, I'll just say Ton DeGoss in the chat room said, please don't sing the song anymore. Uh, <laughs> Greek god pan, Greek god pan. Half of him's man, the other's a frying pan. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, this god was originally the crown prince of the kingdom of pure felicity and majestic heavenly lights and ornaments. At birth, he emitted a wondrous light that filled the entire kingdom and then spent his childhood helping the needy mm. name that deity uh <laughs> i don't know well i mean it's obviously uh, from a, an asian country here right okay so. i will give you half a point do i even have a pen i need a pen well, i just know that because he has like a fu manchu uh, manchu uh, mustache in the I picture here nothing. okay i was gonna give you a half a point but oh. i have you have a There's score a okay if you can name the civilization that he comes from i will give you I have a point. Okay, I'm going to say uh, his name's uh, Sun Chao, <laughs> and uh, he's from China. I don't know. Well, you get one of two points. His name is Jade Emperor. Jade Emperor, and okay. And he's Chinese, so plus one if I, the pen wants to work. I, I, I did like a mashup of uh, all the Chinese names I know <laughs> and, uh, and just made a lucky guess. You know, you'll but have that. So okay. I'm failing so far. Number two. Number two. Let me see here. What's number two? Okay. Number two. It's okay. a lady. It's a lady. With a bird. This goddess is the daughter of Jupiter and Metis. She is commonly associated with magic, wisdom, the arts, and medicine. Her sacred animal, the owl, is yeah. often pictured with her. Mm. Uh, my oh. camera just gave up on us. Okay. Oh, no. I, it wasn't there to begin with. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's better. Um, name the deity. Okay. So read me the first sentence of this again. This goddess is the daughter of Jupiter and mm. Metis. She is commonly associated with magic, wisdom, the arts, and medicine. The arts. I should know this because the arts. Her um, sacred animal, the owl, is often pictured with her. I know this is going to be completely wrong, but it's the first name that pops into my head, so I think it might be right. Athena? Uh, no. Ah. Nope. nope. Who was Would you it? like to name the – would you like to go for the uh, the country? civilization? Uh, Greek? Uh, the answer is Minerva. 
and she is roaming. So you get nothing for that. I say, you I don't get know, nothing. I don't. I, I. I. I know my Roman gods even less than I know my Greek gods. So it's terrible. <laughs> we'll just wait. This one ought to be good then. Okay. Scroll forward. All right. Okay. It's a bear butt. <laughs> this deity is commonly known as the polar bear. He is known as the master of bears, meaning he decided if hunters deserved success in finding and mm-hmm. hunting bears and punished violations of taboos. Name that deity. Um, <laughs> polar bear butt. Would you like to name the civilization? Inuit? No. Eskimos? No. See, no. You don't get a second guess. Okay, sorry. The na- answer is Nanook. And oh, it's like Eskimo. Nanook of the North. I know that it documentary. It is Nanook of the North. To me, it is Nanook, my grandparents' dog from when I was a child, that, which is why I picked oh, that okay. one. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good documentary. I remember watching that in documentary class. Yeah, Although they faked some stuff in it, I think. I'm sure they did. Including okay. polar bear butts. Including polar bear butts. <laughs> it was the best one I could find that wasn't like just weird. Okay, mm-hmm. number four. Number four. That is not number four. That's polar bear butt again. It's polar bear butt again. There we go. This goddess is the mother of Plutos and Persephone. She is commonly known as Earth Mother, and her emblem is the bright red poppy. Mm, The Name that deity. There might be bright red poppies on my thing if you know anything about my Greek affiliation. Oh, if only I did. Oh, I gave that away. Oh, it's It's Greek. Greek. I got a half point. Um, Oh, give me my camera. Oh, wait. Give me my camera while you're thinking. It's Greek. It's Greek it's to Greek. me. It's all Greek to it's me. It's all Greek to me. All right. So so it's Tayo. a Greek. And, and what was she? the Earth mother. Earth mother. Earth mother. This goddess is the mother of Plutos and Persephone. She is mm. commonly known as Earth mother and her emblem is the bright red poppy. The bright red poppy. See, I, I feel like I should know this. Ah. Uh, uh, Athena. Demeter. Uh, Demeter. And I'm not even giving you the point for Greek because I said it. <laughs> I, I would like Demeter. Definitely. You would like Demeter? I would like Demeter. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. For sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I'm doing pretty poorly here. That's okay. Pretty, and okay. I anticipated it. I anticipated so. it was meant to be. Okay, number five. Oh, this one's Number five. five. Ooh. <laughs> this god is easily identifiable by his elephant head. He is known as the remover of obstacles, god mm-hmm. of new beginnings, and the patron of letters and writing. Name the deity. Uh, is it Venu? Would you like to guess the civilization? Uh, um, China. No. India. In- no. Ganesha? Ganesha? Oh. And it's Hindi. Drat. Drat. I, th- I think Venu might be like the elephant god of like another civilization. Oh, I'm Maybe. sorry. That's the wrong elephant god. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, an elephant never forgets, but I often do. I often do. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yes. So far, let's see. Sage is kicking it. She's doing really good. Oh, is she doing really She's good? She's doing really good over there. I'm mm-hmm. liking it. Okay. Nice. Okay. Sorry. Just had to check in with them. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. We'll check in with the chat. Let's yeah. They're, check in. They're, they're doing pretty good. They're doing all they're right. They're doing pretty good. They're doing okay. Um. Okay. Number six. Number six. Here we go. Ah. Okay. This deity was both the god of death and ruler of the Uku Pacha or Paka. I don't, I can't pronounce anything. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. As well as a race of demons. He is also associated with miners. With mi- miners? miners like, like, like pickaxe yes, miners? Like miners. Little kid miners. <laughs> Big <laughs> Pickax- difference. Pickaxe miners. Name the deity. Well, I mean, I, if he's associated with death, he's probably associated with little kids who are also miners. Because, I mean, you know, yeah. little kids wouldn't survive long enough. No, mine. not really. Um, name I'm going to say deity. his name is Fred. 
<laughs> and he's from uh, the, the, the Martian civilization. Now you're not even trying, though. Uh, no, I'm... No, you're not even trying. That was a legitimate guess. Martians? Martians. Martians? Martians. No, the answer is no. This is Supe, and he is Incan. 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 And interesting. I, I've never known an Incan in my life. I, now you know one. I do. This guy. <laughs> you know this guy. Fred. You know Fred. I do. Okay. Not too- <laughs> okay. So let's see. Okay. Next. Se- Number oh, seven. Oh, uh, and when I, our, our resident m- mythological expert uh, is like, I, I'm not typing the answers I know. She probably knows all of them. Well, I think she said something about not getting any points, so I'm maybe I'm even getting her. Ah. Okay, number seven. Number seven. This god is important in both Greek and Roman cultures. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you don't get points for that one. Um, he is, Greek and Roman. <laughs> he is sometimes described as a healer, as well as the patron god of music and poetry. Oh, this I should totally know. You really should. <laughs> like, is it like Apollo? Yes! Nice! Yes! I actually got you one. You got another point! Oh, you're up to two points out of 14. And I just realized my Skype auto started and I had a spam person <laughs> calling me during the middle of the thing. <laughs> I got one Yay! finally. I'm so excited. Yay. Okay. Eight. 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 Boom. Okay. This goddess is one of three that has sworn never to marry. She is most well known as being the goddess of hunting, childbirth, and the moon. Oh, there- and she's like, she has one boob too, right? Because she cut it off for... That's oh. not part of my thing. There is also a feminist form of Wiccan named after her. Name that mm. deity. Um, ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hera? So, would you like to name the culture? Uh, Greek. <laughs> Diana, and she's Roman, so See, no. You know, you know what I, the reason I said Hera is because. She is that of well, Greek. Well, I was going to say Wonder Woman always goes great Hera. You know what Wonder Woman's name is? Diana. Diana. I think I should get half a point for that. No. No? No, okay. not at all. And the hard part was finding this picture because when I searched Diana and God, all I got was Wonder Woman. Nice. (gasps) Wonder Woman. It took me quite a while. Well, I'm glad we got a mention of Wonder Woman in here for sure. Of course. Of course. Uh, Number nine. So this will be the last one. No. There's ten. No, there's nine. I only got nine. Ah, okay. Well, the tenth one's not very fun anyway. Okay. Okay, nine. This uh, guy looks fun. He looks like this. This looks like a guy <laughs> who'd be running a D and D game down at your local comic shop. Okay. Well, this this story is fun then too. This god is the first living being and the creator of all in some versions of mythology. Hmm. He was born from an egg and is usually depicted as a primitive hairy giant who has horns on his head and wears furs. Name that deity. Um, I. Um, um, I'm going to say, I mean, I'm trying to think of a, who could be, um, his name is, is Larry. <laughs> and where does Larry reside, Bill? Uh, where did Larry create? Androids and Dungeons and Dragons down on 34th Street. <sighs> In the back room, back by the magic carts. No. The answer is Pangu, and he's Chinese. Okay, and we'll do 10 without the picture. Okay, Because it wasn't really an awesome picture anyway. That's fair. Okay. Here, I'll, I'll bring the chat up, too. Okay, Here. bring up the chat. They'll enjoy this. <laughs> okay, these deities are fairy-like beings of Arnhem Land in the folklore of the indigenous Australians of Northern Australia. Mm-hmm. They are described as having extremely thin and elongated excuse me, bodies, so thin that they could be in danger of breaking in case of high wind name um, those deities excuse me enderman <laughs> <laughs> no the answer no. is memes 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 like is it spelled like memes? m-i-m-i 
Oh, M I M I, like like Mimi, like the grandma, like from the Drew Carey show, Mimi's. <laughs> okay, yes. And you said they were from Australia. Yes, I'm trying. It's to see very hard to find a picture of them. Oh wait, here's a good one. Hold on one, one second. Let me get get over. Is here. it the one of like a single one, like drawn head? No, it's like a bunch of them are here. Let me uh, zoom in here a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, I never saw that one. These creepy ones. I like yeah. them for sure. Slenderman. <laughs> Thank you, Tonda. Yeah, that was a Minecraft reference, by the way. Yes. Okay, so how many points did I get? Two. Two. How many points did everyone else get? More than two. More than two. <laughs> I lose. You lose. You lose. Oh, and it looks like Wynn's heading out for that. Oh, Thank the, you, Wynn. I'm, I'm glad you were here for the game, at least. For yes. Sure. No, that was a fun game, though. That was good. I did good. Yay. I really enjoyed that. I, I really enjoyed, enjoyed that. That was good times. Good I, times. I enjoyed losing. I, I like to lose. I like to lose. <laughs> Sage loved the game. Excellent. Yay. Excellent. All right. Well, I guess it's time to move on to our next box here. Okay. I, what do we got? Now it's time to find out if we'll rediscover the wonder we felt from our favorite movies and TV shows and books in The, the Wonder, wonder Box. box. Uh, now, do you like Disney flicks? Uh, so do we, but we missed a couple growing up. Mm-hmm. We're fixing that tonight, starting with a truly epic myth from the House of Mouse. Anne-Marie, you want to go ahead with the sure. rhyming uh, plot summary, which we didn't practice nope, beforehand? so like this could be good. <laughs> okay. Ooh, hold on. Overscrolled. Uh, all right. What is a hero in the classical sense? Hercules wonders, but lives in suspense. Big Daddy Zeus is giving no clues it's not just about if you win or lose with phil peg and meg he'll find perk he'll find perk to leads in the disney retelling of the myth hercules hercules yes we're doing hercules. See, this is why i prep them or i read them ahead of time you know what i had theme music for the game i didn't play it we'll play it we'll play, play it, it now this. yeah this will be fun under hercules it was such good music for the game so yeah uh, we watched this today emory uh, what did you think of it overall Oh, you want me to jump to that already? Well, I, I just thought, you know, overall, we, what did you think of it? Meh. Meh? Meh. That's fair. I That's have fair. positive things mm-hmm. to say about it, but the overall feeling for me was very meh. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I, I didn't like it as much as other Disney movies, but, you know, we'll get into mm-hmm. that in more detail as yes. we go along. I Now, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention up front here is uh, kind of like a... The themes of heroism and the parallel. Actually, I don't think I, I saved the parallels for later. Save the parallels. Yeah, uh, but it, more the, the concept of heroism, which is a, kind of a big deal in this thing. Uh, and uh, are we the keeping big, the music? Oh, uh, we can go ahead and kill. Okay, <laughs> it's uh, distracting me a little. <laughs> but but uh, the, the major theme of the film is what is a hero? I now I it, they come to the conclusion by the end of the film it's somebody who does the right thing thing. <laughs> theme thing someone who does the right thing even when they have something to lose uh, which we see hercules do uh, now uh, there, there are several her- heroic sacrifices made in the film including uh, meg's towards the end when she uh, jumps in to save hercules right yeah uh, now I, I was kind of thinking about it like does that make meg a true hero in the same sense that hercules th- is the true hero and i'd say no for a couple reasons okay one uh she didn't she didn't know that she die by doing that, she just knew she was trying to protect Hercules. Uh, by scooting him out of the way. Yeah, she she only she only knew that Hercules needed to live to save the day. Mm-hmm. So you know she didn't she wasn't uh, jumping in knowing that she was going to make the ultimate sacrifice. So that's one reason why she wasn't a true hero in the sense that Hercules was that right. you know achieved godhood and everything. Godhood. And a, another reason is because the only until she found Hercules, she really had nothing left to to live for. So by saving Hercules, uh, she was preserving the one thing she had to live for. So therefore, she she had nothing. She had 
something to lose. Okay. Yeah. It, it, or she had, she had uh, nothing to lose, rather. Right. Because, uh, you know, if she didn't save Hercules, she would have lost everything anyway. Hmm. Where Hercules, he had his life to lose because he had no powers. Right. Uh, and he knew that going in. Walking up to that, that titan, mm-hmm. he knew. Cyclops that, thing? Yeah. yeah. He, he, that big, bulbous kind of thing. It reminded me almost of Clayface from Batman. Okay, let's not uh, go there. But, uh, but uh, you know, he knew that he, he had his life to lose and that he was likely going to lose it. But he, mm-hmm. he decided to do it anyway. Where, where Meg, uh, she, she knew that she could lose her life. It wasn't a certain thing. But she also knew that if Hercules died, she, she had nothing. She had nothing. Yeah, she had nothing. So, But they, that was kind of a, what I took away from it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I liked that the movie sort of is a primer for Greek mythology um, mm-hmm. and is a good way to introduce the stories, at least to children. Um, I know at the very beginning we were watching with the kids and they were all like really into that beginning with the stories of the Titans. Oh yeah, I really like that, that opening song. I love that uh, opening. Where they kind of like summarized everything for you. Or got you to the point mm-hmm. you were at. Yeah, like they summarized what had happened. Um, I, you know, it was nice for them to show so many different characters, even if they didn't like get into them. Was a little irritated with Zeus being like the little comedian mm-hmm. guy. I do, I do believe that it sounded like the same voice as, as the King guy. Triton? Who, yeah, King Triton. Yes, yeah. that was my. I, was, I didn't look it up, but yeah, that, there were a few like that. And then at the well in uh, what was it, Thames? I think uh, when they were like poo pooing Her- Hercules, I heard Tigger's voice in there. Oh, I heard geez. Ursula's voice in there. Like a, a couple, a couple other Disney voice. Nice, characters. nice. Um, let's see. From the opening chorus number to the closing creation of Hercules' constellation, um, it explains the basics of myths and why they are um with fun disney characters like pain and fear mm-hmm. i enjoyed pain and fear they, they were, were adorable yeah, they were good i like that they're shapeshifters which is also pretty mythological mm-hmm. so like i liked the fact that this sort of intro about myth like i think it almost would be a good thing to use in a school oh yeah to start that before you start getting like some short stories the week before like christmas vacation like this movie would be appropriate yeah like it would be it would but I mean, I think it would even be good um, if you're maybe even in middle school, mm-hmm. like if you're starting into a myth, um, mythology unit, yeah. I think it might be a good way to show some in- or to get some interest and be like, you know, do you remember this from growing up? Here's what it all means. And maybe like to break it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- yeah. Definitely. Like the, the shape shifting is a common theme in mythology. Mm-hmm. Also, the gods kind of like sitting on the sidelines, manipulating people towards their right. ends until they have to get involved, uh, which you saw with Hades there and uh, Hercules's first big outing right. as a hero and everything. So, so yeah, it, definitely uh, you could get a good sense of the kind of uh, tropes and stuff uh, from mythology right. by watching this for sure. I, now, uh, something else that kind of stuck out to me, and it, it was about to uh, get bad marks from me, uh-huh. uh, was all the merchandising, the merchandising, uh, the merchandising, yes. mainly in the uh, zero to hero number uh, that they did. You, you know, basically, basically they give Hercules the, the Disney treatment. Uh, he yeah. has his name and his image plastered on everything, sandals, hats, uh, posters, the whole deal. He, he becomes you know uh, more or less a celebrity like we know in the modern day like right. a, like a, a paris hilton or something like that i now at first i thought that the plot point was a little overt and i was like oh geez they're basically maybe this is why the hercules isn't as beloved as say like little mermaid or beauty and the beast right. because they merchandised it, it in the it, movie <laughs> yeah it, it felt like they were inserting a commercial for all the hercules merchandising in the middle of the film and so it kind of turned me off but then a few minutes later i phil uh the Danny DeVito character. Ah, Phil. I, after uh, him and Hercules kind of break up or, you know, uh, part ways, right. I, he mentions something about how, you know, 
being famous isn't the same thing as being a hero. And I mean, Hercules is kind of searching for what is a hero Mm -hmm. uh, through the whole whole thing anyway. But I I took that to mean uh, that we shouldn't look up to celebrities unless they've done something worth looking up to. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, don't look up to Kim Kardashian, for example. No one should ever, 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 ever. Not even her children should look up to her. Maybe look up to her management. (laughs) uh, No, don't look up to her management. Well, I mean, I mean, that is her mother. There, there is an argument to be made for Kim Kardashian that she's a very successful business person, but I think that probably has as much to do with her management. I, I don't think she programmed her iOS app, for, for example. Oh gosh, no. Yeah, you know, it, but but she I, has an app. She does. Also, I, the fact that you know she has an app and I don't is kind of weird. Well, it was big in the tech news circles because it made a ton of ton of uh, money. Money, yeah. Of course, it had a ton of downloads and everything. But yeah, mm. I, I, I thought that you know at first I thought they were going with the cynical commercialization, uh, pro commercialization message, which I would expect from Disney. I especially after just going to downtown Disney last night. <laughs> yes. I, but I, what you call it? No, they kind of they kind of took it back, and they were like, no, uh, you, you shouldn't uh, be concerned with the superficial. You should be concerned with things of that people who do things of value. Those right. are who you should. That's look what up matters. To. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I thought that was good. Um, I liked the every drop loophole. The mm-hmm. fact that um, he didn't drink that last drop, which had was his, like his saving grace, because mm-hmm. a lot of myths and stuff have that loophole lots of stories lots of fairy tales they all have a loophole Mm -hmm. so it was kind of neat to see that and sort of teach people that there are loopholes sometimes yeah in in the thing a lot of that kind of stuff too it like to our modern sensibilities it seems kind of trite or like you'd think oh that's stupid or not but you wouldn't then yeah back then they were just they were creating drama right (laughs) you know exactly um but i thought i love that it was basically the most important part of his story Mm-hmm. The only way he had a story was to have that loophole because if he would have drank that last drop, he'd have never had his powers and it would have never been a thing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, you want to look in, into the chat while I I'm, can look uh, into There covered. wasn't too much going on, I think. But a, a, another thing I wanted to talk about here, it's a Disney uh, Disney Renaissance picture. You got to talk about the music, right? I, now, first of all, I love that the muses were the Greek chorus. Like yes. it, that, that's just a wonderful pun in there mm-hmm. it, that you know it, the movie basically leads off with. And they also reminded me a lot of the uh, the Greek chorus from Little Shop of Horrors, even down to like the style of music and everything. Which that's my favorite musical of all time. So, mm. so it, it, it had me a little bit there. But overall, I, I didn't think the music was as memorable as Little Mermaid, Aladdin, etc. I, and I, I'm assuming that's probably one of the reasons why the movie isn't talked about so much these days as other movies were, because you know there wasn't there wasn't a circle of life or a part a of your world. Or a friend like me. A circle of life. Good job. I'll stop now. That's fine. Okay. You Angel. ain't never had a friend like me, Mr. Aladdin, sir. Mm-hmm. What will you? I guess I actually, uh, by the way, I was listening. Uh, the Voice of Aladdin was on Nerd's podcast a couple of weeks. Just trivia. And I guess they did an Aladdin-Hercules crossover episode of the Hercules cartoon. Oh. So, so I, I, we might want to check that out sometime for Wonder Woman. We Bones. might. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And another thing with the music is, you know, with uh, you know, Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, like all of the musical numbers felt like big Broadway numbers. They, they even mm-hmm. felt like in the same style as, yes. a, as a Broadway musical. Where, where uh, this uh, Hercules was more sort of doo-wop, R&B, gospel. Yeah. A, a, a strange fit with all the Greek stuff Especially uh, in the the couple opening songs, the Greek chorus kept using phrases like the gospel truth, mm-hmm. which I you know uh, using the word gospel in, with the Greeks and stuff, it just felt a little anachronistic. Almost, it was really weird. Yeah, which I mean, there with these kind of movies, there's a ton of stuff like that, mm-hmm. anachronisms 
and stuff. Like, for example, we knew, we all know that The Lion King took place years after this, but yet Scar's body was there. Yes. <laughs> it, and, like, not even just, like, a little bit. Like, it was all over the place. Oh, like, yeah. And it was center frame several times. So you noticed that Scar's body that he's flipping, flipping around, around in his, his uh, little, uh, little compound there. Yeah. I, I liked the music, but like you said, like, it definitely didn't, I mean, it didn't really stick with me. The only reason these songs were in my head is I have, like, a Broadway station on uh, Pandora mm-hmm. that pulls a lot of Disney music because I created it with Frozen. Don't touch <laughs> me. Um, so I already knew the first song and I was like, oh, oh, I like this better in the movie than out of the movie. Mm-hmm. This is not a great, just chilling song. Yeah. And a- Angel in the chat room says that uh, she likes uh, Go the Distance uh, pretty mm-hmm. good. And they, that was a good one. And yeah, it, that that reoccurred a couple times too, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was the running theme was the mm-hmm. statement of Go the Distance. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, it, it, it wasn't that I hated the music. It's just that none of them stuck out to me as like a, like an iconic song. Mm-hmm. Like uh, some of the other Disney movies. Gotcha. Okay, so this is probably not a popular statement. I it, agree with it. You agree with it? I do. Okay, I kind of hated Meg. Oh, yeah, from the get-go. From the second she shows up. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, she redeems herself in the end. Yeah. But it actually almost felt a little too little too late. As weird mm-hmm. as that is, like, she saved his life. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm so over you. Mm-hmm. Go away. Um, Like... I'll I didn't never like... get over you getting over Aww, Meg. <laughs> precious until you killed it. Um, I didn't like all the trickery for some reason. Like, I mean, gods and goddesses, there's trickery all over the place, but mm-hmm. I just didn't enjoy it. There were so many times she could have told him the truth. Yeah. And didn't. Like, she didn't have to keep lying to him. Like, I know she, her soul belongs to uh, Hades and all that, but I feel like she could have, you know, insinuated or given a suggestion like you know you might want to try this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like without saying it yeah so and then when he wasn't listening to um phil about warning her warning him about her and i'm just like i don't enjoy this whole meg thing. another thing with with hades like she she was way too obvious about the fact that she was falling for hercules and, uh, yeah and that immediately you know put put herself at risk mm-hmm. and you know gave gave hades a lead in for yeah it. absolutely he she gave it away mm-hmm. when she's like there is nothing yeah. and he could be like you are the anything mm-hmm. to, to play meg's advocate mm-hmm. um hades advocate um, <laughs> uh, what you call it? I, I do. Th- I did kind of like her arc where she comes in very cynical to other people, mm-hmm. and uh, through uh, kind of interacting with the very naive Hercules, mm-hmm. uh, naive and altruistic Hercules. Uh, he, Altruism. But but uh, she uh, she kind of uh, comes to a more she she loses that cynicism in a lot of ways. So I thought that was kind of fun. I, I did. I, I was a little concerned at the end though. I was like, they're not going to let her go onto Mount Olympus, are they? Because oh yeah, that, know, was, that was that was the whole reason that uh, Zeus never retrieved Hercules was yeah. because Hercules couldn't live up there. I know. It really looked Ma- like he was just going to like hold her hand and walk her up. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. no. But no, they were just at the gates. They're just at the gates. So. All right. Oh, uh, w- one thing, and th- this might betray a bias on my part. Yeah, uh, no, a little You guys bit. probably already know this bias. I thought there were a lot of parallels uh, to the Superman story in Go this one. And, and I guess it probably has a lot to do with uh, them both being based on kind of like a monomyth kind of thing, too. But uh, just a few things I, I noticed. Uh, well, while Zeus didn't send Hercules to Earth, uh, he still serves a guiding role like Jor-El does. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, Hercules is obviously kidnapped and taken to Earth and right. everything. But uh, Zeus still kind of has the same sort of function as Jor-El does. 
And uh, the pe- couple who finds him, mm-hmm. uh, who finds Hercules, are farmers. Mm-hmm. And they, w- when he becomes a teenager, uh, they give him a p- piece of the spaceship or the medallion, which allows him to find his biological father and reconnect with his heritage. Right. I, and I, I also, young Hercules is very much like Clark Kent, awkward. Everybody's like, oh, he's he's a nerd. He's weird. He's a, he's a zero. I felt really bad for him with all of that. I'm like, he's mm. he's just trying to help you. Yeah, but that was obviously not the first time he had knocked down the entire city. No, it so. really wasn't. <laughs> Poor but, Hercules. you know, so he's kind of an awkward social pariah like Clark Kent. And like Superman, uh, the, the mortals Hercules cares about are his biggest weakness. Huh. So I just thought it was interesting to point that out since, you know, we're talking about mythology and everything that you know there are these there there are these uh things that reoccur in a lot of different myths right and i I think uh, michael lucero has it has some uh, maybe negative things to say about it later on i I don't know i only listened to the first 30 seconds of his message we'll get exactly and then you started pulling out props yeah we'll get basically this uh hero with a thousand faces by joseph campbell the monomyth uh michael lucero will get into that in a little bit but and then you'll respond yeah (laughs) interesting to see some of those things here too yes okay the fates i really enjoyed the fates and how they were cutting the strings and then they couldn't cut hercules i don't know i just enjoyed everything about them like their first scene and how they're like we know the past the present and the future and he Mm -hmm. kept trying to tell them stuff and they're like we know and i know you know i was like yeah i kind of enjoy you you're fun except for the passing of the eyeball i could have done without the passing of the eyeball. i I actually thought it it was going to be revealed at some point that they were manipulating hades or something they could have been yeah actually they did in a way by telling him that he you know in exactly 18 years this is what gonna happen oh and hercules can't fight otherwise well, I, I thought they were maybe trying to accomplish something of they like they had their own goal in telling hades that but it, well they may not. have their they may have just been trying to destroy hades and that was mm-hmm. the opportunity to do it that's true i uh, angel points out in the chat room that in the hercules cartoon meg shows up for an episode or two but then gives hercules a potion to forget her so she doesn't stick around long once uh, they get into like the serialized storytelling uh but uh, let's see here uh if, if you want to is there anything else in the chat room here uh um let's see here some well I'll look through it here i we're, we're gonna figure out if i if let's hercules see. passes the wonder test for us that doesn't make us feel the same kind of wonder that it would have made us feel if we had watched it back in the day i uh, first of all emory nah nah it was not i mean it's good to have watched it once so that i'm not um dumb when people are saying so that movie hercules and i'm like i, I don't know nothing i know nothing mm-hmm. but i'm not watching that again no Sorry. that's fair and as for me uh yes well the music wasn't as memorable as the other disney renaissance films the script was pretty tight it was very a uh, nice tight plot mm-hmm. and there were a lot of fun characters in it too there were some fun characters i i uh, what was it james wood as hades and mm-hmm. danny devito as phil and uh i don't know susan sarandon as pegasus I, there was no voice for pegasus rip torn was zeus nice just for your entertainment which is not not triton. kenneth mars yeah. was triton so there's that. They just were similar. And I also like the encouragement to look past commercialism and surface level well, yeah. stuff and, uh, and uh, you know, look for something of substance in there instead. Uh, use that to look up to. Use that to but look But yeah, up. I, I'm, I'm glad I've finally seen it. I, I think the only, like, Disney Renaissance proper film mm-hmm. that I, I still need to see is The Emperor's New Groove. I think that counts. We need to see that, too. We need yeah. to see that sometime, too. All right. Well, we're, we're going to get into the phone box with Patty here in a couple minutes. But uh, first, we just wanted to tell you a little bit about our Patreon, Amory. Uh, do the honors. And Maria, okay. And um, Maria. And Maria. Maria. Okay. Currently, we are producing three weekly podcasts. Now that we got ourselves back up and running, mm-hmm. um, 
we do universe box greetings from storybook and legends of gotham mm-hmm. um you know we've been spending a lot of time and to up our quality and our quantity and the only way we're going to keep getting better is by having you guys help us out a little mm-hmm. um and even through our patreon we were able to send bill over to regal con over in california so that's pretty pretty cool Definitely. so um patreon.com slash universe box you can make a monthly donation starting at 10 cents seriously go in your couch you probably have at least six, <laughs> at least 10 cents um and you know just put all your information in doop, 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 and you'll be charged once a month mm-hmm. um excuse me fuzz from my mic um <laughs> but we do have a little bit of announcement oh yes uh, actually hit, a big announcement we hit one of our milestones we hit a goal Yes, uh, the uh, the biweekly uh, movie commentaries that will be patron, patron exclusive exclusives uh, for the first six months uh, that, that they're out and everything. Yeah, at this level, we're going to release a biweekly movie commentary that will mm-hmm. be released right over on the Patreon page. Yep, you like, can't if, get it anywhere else. You must be a patron yeah, to you, get it for at least, I believe, six months. Yeah, you'll just have to go to creator post or all post here, and mm-hmm. uh, then it'll show up right up top uh, every time we release one. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, what are the first two we're doing? We're doing The, the first two we're doing... Um, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and Goonies. Yes. Yeah, so and then we'll probably quickly mm-hmm. be following it up with um, the first Harry Potter because we had picked that before we scheduled a Harry Potter episode. That's fair. In hopes that we had gotten to there before. Yeah. And I would imagine we'll probably be recording uh, the first one probably in the next week or two. I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. So so uh, look for that. Look for that. And that does also put us at $100 away from starting our Lost podcast. We're so, we're we're so, so lost. lost. So... We're we we uh, watched the the classic TV series Lost. Classic, for the it's first a classic time. already. It, yeah, it's ten years. It's classic. That makes a classic. Okay, but Interesting. I, we, we, <laughs> we currently have a uh, thirty one patrons. I'm uh, getting two hundred dollars uh, per month. Thank you guys. Thank so you so much, much to all of our patrons. You guys really are awesome. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, you also get some rewards from donations. We write you notes. We sing you songs. We do podcasts mm-hmm. just for you. Um, there was another thing I was, oh, if you can't commit to a monthly donation, but you're like, Hey, I got a spare 20. I want to send you, mm-hmm. you can go to YouTube and support. It'll be here. Yeah. Right over up here, over by your lower over third. By there. Um, you know, support this channel and you can make your donation there and you'll still get your prizes and goodies and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it's again, it's patreon.com slash universe box. And we want to mm-hmm. thank, thank all of you for, for thank the you support. Guys. We really appreciate we it. We really, really do. Yeah. It's so fun. Oh! to be able to grow uh, hopes in the chat room yay well speaking of the chat room we're going to be in there for a few minutes don't go away don't uh, go nowhere else. But, but we're going to run a uh, we called up our good friend patty uh, to get a primer on mythology back on sunday i think it was mm-hmm. patty's in the chat room actually so uh, we're going to play that and then we'll hear the uh the story of phaethon phaethon <laughs> as told by uh, raekwon uh, so uh, okay. let's see. Uh, let's. Uh, why don't we uh, go ahead and throw it to a past Amory and Bill? Take it away, guys. Oh. In a second, maybe. Universe Boxio. Hello, future Amory and Bill, and we're here oh. for our phone box segment with our our, our listener Patty. Uh, Amory, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Patty will be talking about today? Um, over the years, we've learned that Patty knows quite a bit about mythology, and since today's topic is mythology, we thought we'd let her school us a little and <laughs> where it comes from and how it pertains to this that and the other and yeah because she knows way more than i do so yeah and really we're yes. do, we're gonna sit back we're, we're gonna learn we're gonna be taught we're, we're the pupils patty's the teacher so so uh, teacher patty take it away before i begin i would first like to thank the <laughs> lenin marie for inviting me to speak to all of you about this particular subject let's face it dirt stories that emerge from mythology are just as popular now as it was back then 
Mm-hmm. These stories inspired countless books, TV shows, and movies. For example, if it weren't for the tales of mythological heroes, we probably wouldn't have Superman. And without him, other heroes like Batman, Captain America, and Dog Boy. <laughs> Dog Boy! Sorry. You, you saved the best for last. Yes, of course. <laughs> I do think it's important to understand exactly what a myth is. This is the most boringest part of any mythological discussion. <laughs> any first in any mythological book. Mm-hmm. So in this in this discussion will probably not be different, but I'll try to do the best I can. <laughs> Let's see how I do. Since, according to Oxford Dictionary, a mythology is a collection of myths, especially one that belongs to a particular religion or cultural tradition. If a mythology mm. is a collection of myths, it is imperative to know exactly what is a myth. And a myth is a traditional story, especially one concerning the early history of a people or explanations of natural or social phenomenon. And it's typically involving supernatural beings or events. We're big fans of supernatural events <laughs> and beings, especially with yes, ones. <laughs> yes, and comic books can also act. Yes. Had supernatural events and beings, aka Wonder Woman and Thor. Yes. Oh, definitely. Totally. I, I've always said uh, DC Comics is a basically like modern mythology. In like 500 years, uh, it'll be taught in the same textbook as like <laughs> I, the Odyssey. I and, feel like uh, there's some like schools that do even offer like comic classes, like in oh, that respect. Are. In that respect, not even mm-hmm. like just like how to do a comic book. Definitely. <laughs> And besides that, like, for example, for Wonder Woman, I always thought her story, like, her original origin story before they changed it was a lot like Galatea, which I thought was a lot more cooler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you mean the one where she was uh, kind of formed from clay and everything? Yeah. Galatea was a woman in which this artist began to create her in the image of Aphrodite. Because oh, Throughout the after creating her, he asked Aphrodite, "Hey, Aphrodite, do you mind if you um, throw me to stone so I could be with the statue for all eternity?" Since I fell in love with it instead of anybody else, uh-huh. Aphrodite turns the the statue human, and then the human looks at him. It's like, "Yeah, now that you've been creating me, let me do a makeover on you." Oh, <laughs> so that story, I always felt may have had a connection, so I wasn't a big fan of the reboot in her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While it is true that the Greek mythology, North mythology, and Egyptian mythologies are the most popular and well-known, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are the only mythology. For example, the Irish mythology has a hero named Finn McComhale, who was the leader of the band of Irish warriors known as the Finan, whose mm. famous tale involved him receiving special knowledge after tasting the salmon of knowledge after a burnt oil fell on his thumb. That sounds like a Douglas Adams book, The Salmon of Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> That's them Irish for you. That's what we got. <laughs> it gets better, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that's that's only the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. of sanity for this story. Because the only way for this guy to access that knowledge is by sucking his thumb. So this was his heroic stance. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ironically, his superhero name should be Thumbstucker. Instead, more people know him as Finn McCool. Um. For chat. How is this cool? <laughs> It was a whole different time back then. It was a whole different yeah. time. Yeah, there wasn't as much a, a stigma around thumb sucking, for sure. 
I'm cool really? now. I don't, I don't feel... <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Would you do that in a battlefield? <laughs> I, I no, probably not. Probably I would be uh, if I was on a battlefield. I would not be sucking my thumb. I would be running in the, in the other, other direction. direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. I might I... I might throw rocks or something <laughs> and then run away. Yeah, but there are interesting and funny stories from other mythology that could mm-hmm. be explored in this podcast. But it is possible to find that some of these mythologies do share similarities. A good mm-hmm. example would be the various blood stories. But at the same time, they do share their differences, which could result in different cultures. They have a lot of respect and admiration for the dragons, considering that one of their mythological entities, which involves a winged dragon named Long, who had huh. served under the Yellow Emperor at times of war. But even though they respected the dragons, that didn't mean all the other cultures did, because the Greeks did have stories of heroes slaying them, like how Cadmus leads the dragons of Ares. Okay. Yeah, and what you mentioned about the flood too there I, I think is interesting. It's something that, I, that I've always thought was really interesting about mythology is that, you know, so many cultures have different versions of different stories. Like right. uh, most cultures have uh, a flood story or uh, a messiah figure or something like that. And I, I've always kind of had just a pet theory. And I know uh, when it comes to the flood there, I, I, I forget the name uh, of of the guy, but there's a specific, uh, like the Euphrates River flooded. And uh, it, it kind of points back to that. But it, it, there are, I, I think there are probably like some very like uh, sort of rudimentary events in early his, uh, man's early history. That Personally, that's ever- to do with um, one of the scientific explanations is I think the Black Sea over flooded and that could have emerged the different flood stories. Mm-hmm. And how that came around to trade. But at the same time, another theory goes because of the Ice Age and how in oh, order for the ice to come down, those ice had to melt. So Causing floods. floods. Yeah. All of the floods. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it definitely some, some events in our early history that kind of, like, inform all of these myths. And, like, it, then it's kind of a telephone game, right, uh, going yeah. out across the how world. Yeah, so it's really hard to find out what is the truth but there are times where you see these stories could have occurred for example for a long time everybody thought the trojan war was probably fake until they found troy mm-hmm. yeah and at the same time the same could be said about the let me see was it the kraken ah the kraken kraken, the kraken. kraken or kraken I, I, I i've always heard kraken I've never heard Kraken. Okay. I think that was like a gym teacher in college or something. <laughs> Especially since they, the historians believe that it was actually the giant squid that inspired that story. Oh, nice. Oh. And the fact that they eat, I don't know if they eat whales or whatever, but I do know it's something to do with whales with them. Mm-hmm. I do know that they can grow to 60 feet. Rumor has they can grow up to 60 to 70 feet, but at the moment, the biggest they can go is 43 feet. Huh. Yeah, I remember they, they, they just found found a, another one that broke the record like a couple of years ago. Did they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Did it's it? over 100 feet, but it was... Oh, wow. Well. Mm. That's crazy. fossilized um, markings of squids, and I think it was a fossilized something about, I think, one of their tentacles or something. Hmm. Crazy. Neat. So... But there are differences that could emerge between any pantheons, but it could also emerge within the same one as well. There are stories with different versions that occur in the same mythologies. For example, 
One of my favorite stories is the Greek mythological story when a fight with Hera had resulted in Zeus being in the virtual doghouse. Yes. <laughs> he had to let it win Hera over by making a wooden statue, dress it up like a bride, and start a false rumor that he was going to marry somebody else. Well, this idea may sound like a plan that would blow up in his face. It actually worked. <laughs> the moment Hera heard this rumor, she got naturally upset mm -hmm. and started to embrace in Hera and uncover that the bride was a statue and then proceeded to made up with Zeus. Hmm. Well, this part of the story is nearly in every version. This is like the virtual same story idea for every version, but the difference lies is where he received it. There are times where they said he received it from a wise man, King um, Kyrithian, mm -hmm. the river god Aspas, and the mountain god Kyrithian again. Hmm. And I think one version I read from a Kindle book mm -hmm. said that he didn't receive it from anybody. It was himself. <laughs> well, it was Zeus. He was pretty greedy. Well, yeah, it, I think that's the reason. It, 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 that's another reason why they, a, another good example of why, why those examples you pulled up at the top of like the superheroes and mm -hmm. stuff, uh, being the modern mythologies. I mean, that happens a lot with superheroes now too. I mean, every, there, there's the movie version and, and the show version and the comic book version and the novelization version. And they're all, you know, they all, they all play on uh, a baby sent from a dying planet lands on Earth, found by farmers, mm, raised to become. Who could he be talking about? I have no idea. Uh, raised to become a superhero. They all have those basic beats, but the variations, you know, the the different kinds of ways Zeus gets the statue, as it mm. were, is, is is kind of how how it becomes more of a myth, and it falls into that uh, storytelling tradition of like uh, you know Homer and all that kind mm. of stuff too. I think the reason why there are different versions, like from what has been told, especially in the Greek has to do with more of the states. For example, in Greece, there are different kingdoms. Athens was its own kingdom. Thebes was their own kingdom. There were different states for these tribes mm -hmm. in this country. They weren't actually one unified Greek civilization. They were separate Greek civilizations. So because there were separate Greek civilization and separate cultures, separate ideas had to be imposed. For example, Hercules was considered to be the greatest hero for every part of Greece except for Athens, where they revered Theseus instead. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of an example shows different people have different ideas and even different cities. New York is never going to, if you go to New York, it's going to be, you're never going to receive the same experience if you go to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, both right. States, but they both have a different culture entirely. Mm -hmm. That is one thing you guys, a lot of people have to remember. These are different time periods. This is a different culture. Mm -hmm. I think the perfect example talk, you were talking earlier about once is probably Beauty and the Beast. It is really one of the things that you discussed with the past was the fact that Belle might have Stockholm syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to judge saying she has Stockholm syndrome because of this kind of storyline. But it's right. really hard to forget that women didn't have a whole lot of rights back then. Right. And, and granted the fact that at least in 17th century France, where they, if, for example, Belle were to get raped by somebody else, she would not even had the chance to go and, and to trial and save her part of the story. Right. Mm -hmm. are, it is really virtually hard to remember that. But at the same time, when I look at it, when I compare it to the actual rights they had, I realized Bell had a bit more lean rights 
because whatever she wanted, she virtually got. Even mm -hmm. when she asked to leave, when he previously told her no, mm -hmm. he allowed her, and he didn't go after her when she didn't come back. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that that's kind of the nice thing about the, these stories, though, is that, uh, you know, most of them have, have such base elements uh, that you can work with it. Even, you know, if it's not necessarily historically accurate or something, you can you can take a story like Beauty and the Beast where, uh, you know, where Belle it doesn't have quite as many rights in, in everything. She would have been more put upon in, in the actual uh, in back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can, can kind of uh, tack on modern sensibilities to it and a little bit more modern values and, you know, girl power, rah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And, did and, you really just yeah, do that? I did. Please don't do it again. Uh, but, uh, you know, just kind of tack on these modern sensibilities to still get the the main gist of the story, you know, yeah. true love conquers all. Uh, it's uh, what's inside that's important, not what's on the outside. Mm -hmm. we, well, while still, you know, not necessarily betraying uh, how humanity's evolved right. over the course of the past several hundred years. Yeah, but I also think that a lot of times when you reinterpret it, it could be for a positive thing. Because when I look at these stories from ancient Greece, I, after learning one specific information, I had personally managed to look at these stories in an entirely different way. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I, especially as you get older, what always got to be is that why didn't Herod divorce Zeus? He had virtually cheated her God knows how many times. <laughs> and sometimes even pulling a wicked witch on people. Especially yes. for me. Yep. Well, it's because she wanted the power. And if she divorced him or got rid of him, she had nothing. Even though, she, because she wouldn't be the queen anymore, so. Yeah. Well, there is also, and they always say that it's jealousy. The only reason I say she got upset instead of jealousy is mm. because of one little fact. She's the goddess of marriage. Mm. Think about it. She's supposed to be in charge of marriage. How bad do you think it's going to look if she gets a divorce? Oh, well, yeah, there's that too, yeah. It's a PR thing. <laughs> yeah, it's in charge. And at the same time, it doesn't look right when piece on her but though despite all that i do respect the fact that she still manages to love him and that she hasn't left him mm -hmm. when they're not that healthy that is something chat could discuss which mostly there i can only imagine it's not healthy yeah but you have to respect her for not leaving but mm -hmm. at the same time in that level of anger she takes frustrations out on people instead of her husband he has virtually harmed people that he cared about. He's illegitimate, he's illegitimate or not, he, his children at times like Hercules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet, in that same level of respect, you have to give him props for not leaving his wife. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if nothing else, they were both committed to... They were committed to something. Yes. <laughs> and as messed up as that is, guys, we, ha we have to respect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know... They don't belong together. The fact that they say saying that there must be something genuine there. Mm -hmm. But I would leave off with chat to discuss one thing, for, and then for your future selves. If mm -hmm. your significant other had pulled off the same trick as Zeus pulled on Hera, would you have taken them back? No. Yeah, I'd, pro I'd probably, I'd probably go uh, firmly in the no column. Firmly in <laughs> no, not an option. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Honestly, I thought of that. I think I'm one of the people who would avoid divorce at all costs. Even if mm -hmm. somebody manages to cheat on me like Zeus did, mm -hmm. I would just go to counseling. 
something. I would try to work it out because I did make a commitment. But if had that person pulled off that, no, there's no question. Divorce. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, done. <laughs> done. Excuse Give me my money. <laughs> one of the reasons that they said in a lot of the different sites is the fact that he, he did it in order to show him that she's becoming too jealous. He's, he's, that's why I mentioned he's beating her how many times? How is right. too At this point, it's not a matter of jealousy. It's a matter of you need to stop this and prove yourself worth. You need to mm. stop and realize you can't act this way and right. her to be a trusting wife. Yeah. And I think, I think there's probably definitely an element there too. You, you know, like you were saying about saving face and everything like, I, I mean, even in modern day, you know, uh, think, think of a, a powerful couple in modern day, like Bill and Hillary Clinton back in the day. How they, did I know you were going to go there? But, but I mean, like, like the, the big scandal they had back in the nineties with Monica There were Lewinsky extenuating circumstances that I guess. So maybe, you know, if yeah. you were the president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, uh, I, I, I'm sure there's, there's probably definitely an incentive there to keep that relationship intact right. at that level just because you're both benefiting off of off of uh, mm-hmm. the position and the name and mm-hmm. this that and the other and so i i, I mean i i i really i i think that's probably a pretty parallel situation almost you know the mm-hmm. whole the whole uh lewinsky scandal back in the 90s uh, no, with, yeah. with, with the situation and so, so yeah it's 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 you know even I guess if it depends taking, on your situation. But I mean, even taking an old myth like that, yeah, you can find modern examples of people doing the exact same exact thing. Exact same thing. There's <laughs> a reason the stories are there. Mm-hmm. And speaking about some of the questions you posed back in the last one, where mm-hmm. first, what is your favorite God? What TV show would you, rec- would you recommend? Mm-hmm. And what is the most disturbing? My most disturbing, it's too hard. There are, there are a lot too many disturbing stories where you cannot pick one. But if I had to... <laughs> I think it was one woman from a TV show where you do see the North God Odin change one of Loki's son into a wolf and then have that wolf eat his other son after he killed Baldur. Oh, wow. This was in a TV. I don't know how based in mythology, but if I had to pick a moment in anything, it would probably be that. I think <laughs> it, I don't know some variations because I know a lot of Loki kids were monsters naturally. Mm-hmm. Like he, I think at one point he one of his he literally gave birth to a wolf. Oh, Lipnor. Like he his the, his significant others gave birth to a wolf and monsters. His other daughter Hel, I think Hela or Hel, was the was drawn to the to become the goddess of the underworld. So hmm. I'm not how based in fact that TV show was, but I thought that moment was disturbing. Yeah, harsh. For sure. Because killing the kid when the parents do something wrong, that happens in every mythology. That is nothing new. Mm -hmm. But that aspect, that switch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That took it to a whole nother level. That's a whole different level, yeah. We don't need to... Okay, well, I, I... I, I think we've definitely learned a lot about mythology. We really in have. This phone yeah, box. Thank you definitely. so much, Patty. We really appreciate you taking the time. And, and to leave off, if I were going to recommend anything, it would be the last five minutes of Valentine. Because that is the only time where you do see on any screen an Egyptian god fighting a Greek god. Ooh. And one of them does die. Nice. Nice. So, so it's kind of a DC versus Marvel. <laughs> Five minutes and the show got canceled. Like the show didn't even reach up to that level. The only reason we even got 
because they filmed all 13 episodes ahead of time. Uh. It, it, I think it got canceled after in the United States after season six. But when you see the last five minutes of the 13th episode that did not air, you're like this. Mm-hmm. Why did it get canceled? That would have been stupid TV show. Nice. <laughs> okay, Patty, well, I, I definitely want to thank you for all the research, too, and you have mm-hmm. you have a full uh, bibliography and everything here. We're, we're going to publish this up at the website at yep. universebox.com. It'll be up uh, around the same time the episode is. Uh, but uh, where can people find you online, Patty? Obviously, they can find you in the chat room uh, almost every, every podcast every show. we record. We love it. Um, um, you can find me on Twitter of sage <laughs> underscore of underscore earth mm-hmm. and Tumblr do so under the, I think, the same name. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe, I believe so. so. Yeah, and and we'll have those links in the show notes too. But I th- thank you very much, Patty. And uh, we, we'll so look much. for you in the chat room. Well, uh, future Anne Marie and Bill will look for you in the chat room. They're, look you're, for you're her. chatting with us now. <gasps> look for chatting, it. Chatting, chatting, chatting. Do it. Cool. Hello, my name is Ray Kwan, and I'm going to tell you the story of once upon a time, there was two little boys named Ephesus and Phaethon. They were racing along the cliff, and out of nowhere, Phaethon bursted ahead and won the race. I won! Yes! Ephesus loses the race and yells at Phaethon. No! Ephesus and Phaethon start arguing. You think you are that, but I'm the son of Zeus. Well, I'm the son of Apollo, and I ride the sun chariot with him every day. Ephesus dares Phaethon to ride the sun chariot around his house three times. If you ride with your dad every day, then ride around my house three times. Okay, then I'll prove it. Phaethon goes to Olympus to ride the sun chariot around the house three times. Phaethon gets surrounded by three high hands. <laughs> Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Out of nowhere, four birds carry him to Olympus on a run. He wakes up in Olympus. He asks his father Apollo, can he ride the sun chariot? Apollo, can I ride the sun chariot all by myself? His father said yes because he made a godly promise. Yes, my son, you may. He gets on the sun chariot. Wee! I finally got to ride the sun chariot! He swoops down to ride around the house three times. I think I'm just going to take a peek down. Because the sun was so hot... The town catches on fire. He noticed the town's catching on fire and he pulls up. Whoa! Let me go back up. When he goes up, the town starts getting cold and flooded. Uh oh! What have I done? Zeus noticed all the disaster that Phaethon has caused. Whoa, what's all this disaster down there? Zeus zaps Phaethon off the chariot with his lightning bolt. He falls out of the sky into the river. His mother and his sister noticed that somebody fell in the river, and it was Phaethon. No, Phaethon! <laughs> they started bursting out crying. They didn't know what to do. <laughs> Since nobody can know, Zeus turned his mother and his daughter into a large tree. <laughs> Ever since then, only Apollo and nobody else could ride the sun cherry. I miss my son, Phaethon. <laughs> the end. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we're back. We're back. Universe Boxing. Oh, really?
Yes, we're back. You it, love that you have that at your disposal. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I, I will say that in answer to Patty's question, uh, would you forgive Zeus? Most people wouldn't. No. I w- if it was Zeus, I would. <sighs> if I was married to Zeus and he tried to marry a statue, totally. But only Zeus. No. No Zeus. No Zeus. No Zeus for you. No, but we had a, we had a great time uh, in the chat room with you guys. To, yes. uh, we were talking about Bloody Mary in space. Uh, Don't ask how we got there. Lots of Pluto... Many worlds that I do not understand. <laughs> I was like, nope, I lose my geek card on that one. All right, well, we have a couple of uh, segments here to wrap up with a couple of boxes. Uh, first up is the idea box, which you can submit ideas to uh, by going to universebox.com slash idea box right oh here. My. And uh, Yours what- has like points and links so we're just gonna ask you well i just put that in there for reference for myself okay i but but uh yeah if you guys uh, have anything you want us to talk about any sort of topics or uh, you know if you hear uh what we're doing on the show next week and you have a question for us which we'll also ask to the chat room you come over here to universebox.com slash idea box and then there's this form here you just type in your idea i'm typing an idea then you click submit boom submit that's all it. that's in there though isn't it it's you typing idea every week no there, there, there's, there's some questions yeah people put questions questions in for sure for sure okay let's see here um <laughs> please send us what, questions what, for is, the what is the box? first question what is your favorite modern myth what is your f- favorite modern myth amory i'll go ahead and let you answer this one first um because mine's a bit more complicated and you can answer it in the chat room too i'm seriously. putting it over in the chat um i don't you don't know? I don't know. Well, I know I was supposed to think about this mm-hmm. today, but there was no time for me to think about this today. Well, is there any sort of uh, modern mythology that, that you're really into, like a universe or like a fictional universe or anything like that? that I'm sorry. Are you trying to get me to say Harry Potter well, or Hunger I, Games I mean, or something? But I don't think of those as mythology. You don't think of like Harry Potter as mythology no, necessarily? Okay. I don't. That's fair. That's fair. No. Okay. I, as for me um, – <laughs> Sorry. Well, as far as like a mythological story, uh, probably one of my favorite modern ones ones is uh the, the tale of the creation of the dc multiverse uh which, which, uh, all right there we go <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, go to sleep, everyone. Go ahead. Let me know when you're done. No, but uh, you, <laughs> I, we'll put a link uh, over to the DC Wikia here so you can look at it in more detail. But I'll, I'll give you the basic gist. Uh, basically, there was this guy named Krona. Krona uh, uh, was an Owen scientist obsessed, obsessed with observing the creation of the universe or the Big Bang. Uh, despite an Owen legend that said discovering that the secret of, uh, of the origins of the universe would cl- cause a great calamity. Uh, now, Krona was, uh, he, he was dead set on doing this. So he created a machine that allowed him to uh, peer back kind of like a television camera that would peer back uh, to the moment of creation. Hmm. And he sees this big, giant, enormous hand with, like, universes swirling in it and stuff. And, uh, you know, what appears to be a spiral galaxy. Uh, But somehow, as soon as this happens, like, things go crazy, right? And his experiment disrupts the process of creation uh, with terrible consequences. It causes uh, the creation of not just a single universe, but the generate, but it generates an infinite number of universes and creates the DC multiverse. So it was a uh, Krona's hubris that created the multiverse, and uh, the multiverse would actually uh, also co- co- coexist uh, with an antimatter universe. But that's a little complicated. You can go uh, check out the DC wiki uh, for more information. But I always just love that story that you know this this great hubris created this great infinite possibility. I always thought that was kind of fun and very. 
very, very mythic uh, from the DC universe. I, it's in the chat, in the chat room, room, lots of Star Wars, yes, people like the Marvel. Star Wars. Let's see. Um, Michael Lucero says definitely Tolkien's The Similarian, but I also have Town, which is in Inez Mitchell's Depression Era folk opera adaptation of the myth of Orpheus and you're it. I can't even function today. <laughs> and apparently, Bobby Sun's mythology of choice is creepy pasta. Oh, creepy pasta! What is creepy pasta? Nobody uh, answered me. Creep, creepy pastas is basically. I. It, it's a. It's a term i think originated on 4chan it's basically like little creepy short stories that you copy and paste all over the internet and uh, oh. there are there are other ones too like i one of the ones i know of is there's there's this one about like ocarina of time i believe oh, or Maj- either ocarina of time or majora's mask zelda games yeah where like you see you see this little like statue of link out of the corner of your eye a bunch of different times and, uh. then, it, and then the story goes that the guy who discovered it eventually like dies or something like that and oh. then it's a haunted cartridge sort of situation yeah bobby said slender man is creepypasta yeah but basically the same kind of stories you would tell like at camp or something like that at 2 oh. a.m you know that sort of thing. <gasps> is stumpy a bat and yeah, no one here is gonna we, get we've, that we've no. barely uh touched on but probably deserves an episode of a camp own stories would be uh, camp. urban le- urban legends um, camp stories stuff like that would be kind I like of urban legends okay uh next question what was your first exposure to mythology Anne-Marie? um i'm pretty sure at least this is my first like memory of mythology or anything mm-hmm. was middle school probably sixth grade because I remember a very tragic makeup incident. Um, <laughs> and watching... What's the one with the little metal owl? Oh, I'm not sure. What's... They'll know. Um, <laughs> somebody tell me, please. Um, whichever one. It was it Clash of the Titans or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one of those really classic, yeah. awful, awful, awful even then movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just... I remember the squeaky owl and... You know, I loved the owls even before I was an owl. <laughs> so, gotcha. Yeah, that was that's my first real mm-hmm. memory of it. But I've yeah. always, but then I got like really, really into like Greek mythology for a while, mm-hmm. and then I became Greek in college. Yeah. So I really got into Greek mythology, and then it sort of dipped mm-hmm. off, and I'm kind of getting a little bit back into it. Yeah, uh, Sage of Earth. Uh, Patty says Disney's Hercules or Hercules: The Legendary Journeys. Uh, Michael Lucero's The Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, let's see. Um, I Angel T. He says school uh tondagasa jason and the argonauts uh in, oh and michael uh, also said here I, I just wanted to point this out real quick i thought it was a really good comment a great mark of a true myth uh wait it just scrolled out of screen there <laughs> a great mark of a true myth is that uh the story is powerful regardless of how good or bad the particular expression or storytelling is uh so, so yeah I, th- I, th- I think i think that's that's pretty good um as for oh, nice. as for me i'd probably say uh well i, I mean this might be a controversial statement oh. Oh jeez, uh, here but, we go. But but um, I think I think uh, regardless of where you you weigh in on on the side of whether it's true or not true, I I, I think uh, the Bible is is a, its own kind of mythology. I, I I grew up in an independent Baptist church, so it, it was basically all Bible all the time. And actually, <laughs> the the thing is is I actually got to learn a lot a lot about uh, Greek mythology and Roman mythology because. Hmm. 
it kind of intersects a little, well, more Roman, mm-hmm. but it kind of intersects. So, you know, there would be sermons where, you know, Zeus would be rele- very relevant to a, a certain Bible verse. Interesting. And uh, so, you know, it, the pastor would have to talk a little bit about Zeus to, you know, you know, put it in context. And, but, you know, I mean, the, the, the Bible is very, very mythological itself. I mean, it, there's a lot, a lot of really big stories that have kind of these big moral things going on there. Yes, and a bit. They, there's also a lot of a uh, deus ex machina with a literal god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so, so uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd say probably, probably the Bible. Uh, but but uh, I hope that's not too controversial. Yeah, but right. uh, any anything else here? Um, let's see. Uh, I, I see some Clash of the Titans. I see Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope agrees uh, the, the Bible too. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and Bobby too. Bobby's like, thank you, <laughs> thank you for saying it. Um, Angel. Okay, I think we have most of the group. That's fair. Most of the group okay. agrees. Yeah, but like I said, if you want to uh, submit some ideas for next week, uh, go to universebox.com slash ideabox. And we'll tell you what it is in a few minutes. Yeah, well, actually, right now. Right uh, now? Was it before the feedback? I thought yeah. the feedback... Oh. Yeah, what's in the box Do I not even week? know how our show works anymore? Yes, you... Well, we did take a couple weeks off. So. We really did. Okay, I was making sure you rewrote that. Okay, so yeah, we time to find out what's in the box for next week. What is in the box? Another box. What could be in the box? What is in the box? What was in the box? It's now in my hand. Bam! Politics. Yes, yes. Next week on Universe Box, we're writing stump speeches. We can write a stump speech. And kissing babies. I can kiss babies. That's right. We're talking politics next week on Universe Box. Uh, What are your hot button issues? What do you like or dislike about Obama? We we might as well get controversial. Oh, my Controversial. (gasps) Ever like a politician so much you work for their campaign? I have. Uh, Tell us why you hate what we think. Uh, We're talking politics next week on Universe box something we'll never ever 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 do again because it's going to be so loaded and so crazy and so anti what we normally do i think i'm going to need adult beverages for next week because i'm a little scared we're going to do politics and politics politics we're going to do politics not politics and and then we're never going to talk (laughs) politics again (laughs) promise so don't miss it because once in a lifetime opportunity uh, we're taking a no politics promise so it'll be fun hope just said pokemon Pokemon? No, no, no. It's you and me. There will be no Pokemon ever because... Okay, well, we have a, we have a couple of, a couple of letters and Sorry. voicemails and stuff here to Emory wrap up with. looks scared, yes. In, in the mailbox. Uh, okay. As always, uh, if you want to send us in your stories about politics, uh, email us at universeboxshow at gmail.com. Uh, tweet us your stories at universe underscore box. The Facebook is facebook.com slash the universe box. And we'd love some voicemails on politics. Uh, you know, that might be a little easier. You can speak a little more extemporaneously. 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424 424- Seven four two three five two, and uh, first up is Win with her voicemail. I just wanted to point out here, I, and this is kind of the subject uh, of her voicemail. She does a lot of writing about gods in her book series, uh, City of the Gods. <laughs> I was about to say. Which we'll have a link in the show notes, but you can find more information about that either just by searching City of the Gods on Amazon or mm-hmm. by going to uh, winmercer.wordpress.com. So uh, take it away, Win. Hello, Universe Box. This is Win Mercer. And Hello. Anne-Marie asked me to call in and say a little bit about the rewards and challenges of writing about characters from well-known myths. I have a bunch of mythological comics, anthologies, novels, and tabletop game supplements in my publishing credits. 
So here are my top five suggestions if you want to use gods and goddesses in your stories. Number one, don't get hung up about staying true to the source material. The classics are great inspiration, but give your characters something new to work with. And don't write origin stories or retell a saga everybody's heard before. Number two, gods and goddesses are perfect characters to use in fish-out-of-water stories. You can exile an ancient Mayan god to ancient Japan or make Jupiter really live on Jupiter. You'll get lots of meaty scenes to write when all powerful beings find themselves in a tough spot. Number three, put regular people in your stories too. Immortals have always had complex and interesting relationships with humans. It can even be debated whether men or mythological beings are more good or more evil. Make sure you have plenty of regular people to contrast with gods and goddesses. Number four, decide beforehand if you want to deal with people who complain that by using a character from their culture in your fiction you're being offensive. Those critics are out there. If a discussion about your right to write about mythological beings would make you uncomfortable, you might want to stick with writing only original fantasy characters. And lastly, the genre of mythology will always be popular, so put your own spin on it. Mythological beings fit well in every kind of creative endeavor. Comics, games, fine art, costuming, stories, film, robotics. Whatever you like to make, you can put a mythic spin on it. So, like the gods, get out there and create something and share it with Universe Box. And if you want to check out my stories about mythology, just visit winmercer.com. Thanks. Have a great day. Ah uh, yes, she, oh, oh. she she gave her own plug. Yep, she got her own plug on <laughs> and, there. And thank you very much, Wynn. Well, thank for you so that much, Wynn, for listening to me harass you on Twitter, and that was awesome to hear. I like I like mm-hmm. the countdown. Definitely, and we have a, we have another voicemail coming up from Michael. But first, we wanted to read this uh, letter from someone we haven't heard from before. Exactly. Uh, thank you, uh, Cassie Mack. Uh, you want to read it? All right, Cassie Mack. Hey guys, I'm a longtime listener since the beginnings of your Once Upon a Time podcast. Back Woo-hoo! back to the, 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 the early days. Early days. The mythology of us. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to be a lurker. But with this next subject, I just had to speak up. My favorite story from ancient mythology is Cassandra of of Troy. I have to start with a rant because it's most often spelled Cassandra with a C, which is frankly ridiculous. The Greek alphabet doesn't even have a C. So even (laughs) though we have to translate it to our alphabet, spelling it with a K is far more accurate. Um, As with all mythology, every source tells different versions of the story. But here are the basics. Cassandra was – will you stop with the wand? (laughs) Was a human in the probably historical city of Troy. Legend goes that she was given the gift of sight by Apollo, son of Zeus. And so became a prophetess. Um, Apollo then wanted to take her as his lover, but Cassandra had taken a vow of chastity. Unable to remove the gift he'd bestowed her, he cursed Cassandra so that no one would ever believe her. She even tried to warn the people of Troy not to bring the wooden horse into the city, but her warnings went unheeded. So in a nutshell, Cassandra always always speaks the truth, but no one ever believes her. Such Mm. is her curse. Everywhere I've looked online for articles about Cassandra, I've seen dozens of comments from women saying that they have the exact same experience, that no matter how honest, clear, truthful, educated, or knowledgeable that they are, they find themselves always dismissed and disregarded. This, um, I see this as a parable demonstrating the experience common to so many women, <clears throat> that it's so much more difficult to make ourselves heard and no amount of work will prove our trustworthiness to people who just don't want to hear the truth. In contrast, you'll often hear men use the term as an insult, referring to a woman as a Cassandra. Um, when I asked my ex-husband exactly what he thought that meant, he said it's someone who's always spouting doom and gloom. 
missing the point of the story, as men do. I explained it to him and thanked him for the compliment, but denial is a powerful force, and the truth of his own statement never really sunk in. Notice the X in ex-husband. If you enjoy a good read, then there's an excellent novelization of her story by Marion Zimmer Bradley called The Firebrand. One of the few times that the story of the Trojan War has been told from a female point of view. Also one of the few that doesn't end with Cassandra being tortured, raped, and murdered. Oh, isn't that pleasant? (laughs) So it's my personal favorite. Uh, Like I said, I'm normally a lurker, but when you asked about Greek mythology, mythology, I just couldn't hold back. I hope you don't mind me throwing my two cents in. Love the show, Cassie Mack. Let's see. Oh, yeah. yeah, She said this other part. P.S. So after sending the thought... I probably sound pretty cynical, but if you'd have been married to that guy, you'd be cynical too. <laughs> I always thought you guys sounded so cute together. It was awesome to find out you're married. You found one of the good guys, Anne Marie. Yay! I think yes, you're I wrong, did, Cassie, Cassie. Mack. Well, some days. <laughs> I, I, I fooled Cassie Mack as well as you. You did. And you the did. rest of our audience. And the rest. Here on Universe Box. Yeah. No, but it, it was great <laughs> hearing from you, Cassie Mack. Thank you very, very much. Okay. And uh, our last piece of feedback is a voicemail from Michael. Take it away, Michael. Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie. It's Michael. I've been really excited ever since I heard that y'all were doing an episode on mythology. It's definitely one of my favorite subjects to think about and talk about. One of the things that frustrates me a lot is when people talk about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. Uh, His name and ideas always seem to come up when people talk about mythology. And of course, I understand why. He's he's a huge influence on pop culture in general. Um, They talk about him and everything from Star Wars to Harry Potter, things like that. But I think his ideas are kind of reductive. And more importantly, I think they really limit the ways that we can talk and think about myth. Um, Basically, the idea is that all myths uh, and stories, fantastic stories that contain mythic elements, uh, follow a certain pattern that he calls the hero's journey. And I'm not really going to get into that. Uh, a lot of people have done uh, that over the years. Uh, but I do want to talk about some of the other ways I think we can benefit from thinking about myths. And I'm not saying that there's no value in the idea of the hero's journey. Obviously, the pattern's there. And on a certain level, it is interesting to point it out and look at it. Uh, but my problem is I don't think that level is a very deep level. I think it's actually pretty surface level. So yes, it is true that in Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, uh, the hero's mentor always dies so the hero can take the burden of their story on their own shoulders. And yes, it's true that often heroes enter a period of self-doubt and reluctance before they start their journey in earnest. Um, but where do we go from there? I mean, what can we do with that? I don't think it takes us very far. To me, what's more interesting is not what myths tend to have in common, but where they differ. So yes, using those examples, again, Dumbledore and Gandalf, uh, they support, they both support Harry and Frodo, but to equate the two, which I think is what the comparative approach to mythology asks us to to do, uh, is to lose sight of everything that I think makes them so wonderful. Uh, Frodo is a great character, not because he's the reluctant hero in the story, but rather because he's wistful, provincial, slow to violence. He has the air of a well-to-do bachelor from the English countryside. And Harry's a great character because he's impulsive, he's stubborn, he's fiery. He has a downtrodden past that allows him to empathize with others. And the same thing with actual myths. The uh, one that stands out in my mind is uh, the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. A lot of people point out that the medieval poem Sir Orfeo uh, is basically a, a different version of the same story. 
But to me, those stories uh, are not great because they're so similar, but rather because uh, the Greek myth has the pathos and tragedy and sensuality of Greek stories. And the uh, the poem carries the more European weirdness of fairyland, the erratic personalities of the fairies, uh, the feeling of medieval chivalry. And Again, I think these are all qualities that we lose sight of if we use the comparative method. Um, and Tolkien, uh, it's actually from J.R.R. Tolkien and, and his friend and fellow Oxford instructor C.S. Lewis that I draw a lot of my ideas about mythology from, and they were both very interested in myth. It was actually a, a conversation between the two about mythology that finally convinced Lewis, uh, who was a former atheist, to finally accept the faith he became famous uh, for defending later on. Uh, but I just wanted to share a quote from Lewis about uh, mythology. It always gives me goosebumps and makes me shiver. Uh, he says, Can I have been unhappy living in paradise? What keen tingling sunlight there was. The mere smells were enough to make a man tipsy. Cut grass, dew-dabbled mosses, sweet pea autumn woods, wood burning, peat, salt water. The senses ached. I was sick with desire. That sickness better than health. Man, that always gets me every time. Um, but both of them were concerned with recovering an older view of mythology. Uh, the term mythology, the term myth today, when we say that's a myth, we usually mean it's untrue, it's a deception or a delusion. For example, if you said that shaving will make your hair grow back faster, a scientist would say, well, that's a myth. Or if we look at actual mythology, like the Norse idea that thunder is caused by the sound of Thor riding in his goat wagon. Well, we would say, well, that's a myth because we know what really causes thunder. So the word myth kind of conveys an idea of an inaccuracy, ignorance, delusion, that sort of thing. It's the same sense of the word we use in the in the TV show Mythbusters. Um, but to, to Lewis and Tolkien, the word myth should uh, mean exactly the opposite. It, it comes from a Greek word, muthos, which just meant originally a tale or a story. And it was originally used to refer to to case in point stories, like the kind of story you would use if you wanted to give an example of an idea that you didn't really know how to explain. Um, so originally the idea is that a myth is a story that maybe wasn't literally true, but was it conveyed truth in it. Uh, so that's basically the Tolkienian and Lewisian sense of the word, uh, that a myth is not irrational, but super rational. Uh, that is, it, it surpasses reason by getting at the truth in a more direct way that mere reason alone could, without being able to necessarily explain these truths in a straightforward and obvious way. And I think humans are both rational and imaginative creatures, and we can't really be satisfied only by history and philosophy, even though those things are true and relevant and necessary. And I think myths are true and relevant and necessary as well, but in a different level and appealing to a different faculty than reason. Um, another way that myths can convey truth is by using fantastic elements to make us see the world different differently and overturn uh, our disillusionment. Uh, G.K. <laughs> um, Chesterton uh, expressed that idea in a really moving way. He wrote, the fairy tales say that apples were golden only to refresh the forgotten moment when we found that they were green. They make rivers run with wine only to make us remember for one wild moment that they run with water. That's another quote that always gets me. Um, so uh, to sum up, a myth I don't think is something that needs to be busted. It's not ignorance that needs to be swept away. I think 
when we really understand myths, uh, a myth is something that's true without being factual. It's real without being historical. It, it has a power all its own, intrinsic to the story, regardless of the skill or lack of skill of a storyteller. Um, but I've run on enough, so I'll leave it at that. I can't wait to hear the episode. So you all take care. Bye. Thank you very much. Our Michael. fans are really smart. I know, right? Or our listeners aren't really fans. I, I, That's weird. I, I will say just a you know a little bit since you touched on uh, the oh, model here we with go. Joseph Campbell. No, no, it's not. It's <laughs> just I I think I think it's very useful. I think I think uh, people approach it the wrong way uh, these days, and probably actually since uh, I it got a lot of traction uh, when George Lucas used it as his or created Star Wars based on it. I, and I, I think a lot of people uh, look at it, and George Lucas, even in Star Wars, looked at it as prescriptive. This is what mm-hmm. you should do to construct a myth. I think it's more descriptive. And I mean, uh, the, the heroes, uh, the hero with a thousand faces, this book that I have here that I use as my mouse pad, actually. <laughs> Like, it really goes into it. Like, Joseph Campbell wasn't saying, this is how you create a myth. He was like, these are the common elements for myths from every culture, every mm-hmm. time period ever. Like, it, it, so I, I think it's important to know the hero's journey or the monomyth, understand the hero's journey mm-hmm. or the monomyth. And then when you go to create a story or create your own myth, completely put it out of your head. Mm-hmm. It's good to know what the various elements are and how they interact together. But I, I, I think, especially like uh, screenwriting, uh, a lot of screenwriting classes, courses, books, and everything, they're like, no, you have to, uh, and even like uh, different uh, versions of, uh, of the monomyth, like Save the Cat, uh, they're like, no, you have to hit these beats in your script if you want it to be a, a real story. No, I don't think that's true. I think I think it's important to know the shape and the structure. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're going back and looking over your story and stuff, you can identify those pieces mm-hmm. and kind of maybe play with them, draw them out a little bit if you want to but you should know it but then forget about it and just write your story how you want to write your story and nine times out of ten it's going to follow the hero's journey anyway to some degree so and i i would definitely uh you know look into a little bit more if you're a storyteller uh which, which I, every, you should be because you are our storyteller exactly everyone everyone here is so so yeah i definitely uh, take a look a uh, hero with a thousand faces and thank you again michael for that wonderful thank you wonderful so much michael voicemail. you're way too smart for me uh <laughs> michael in the chat room says hope i didn't make too many any enemies by dissing joseph campbell uh no you didn't make any enemies just me just me again if you want to send us some uh stuff on politics and by the way uh, we were talking in the chat a little bit uh, during michael's voicemail if you guys want to fill up that idea box with very controversial we could do a whole political topics we could do the whole episode just with the idea box i would sure. love that but, actually uh, that's universebox.com slash idea box uh, or you can email us universeboxshow at gmail.com tweet us at universe underscore box the facebook is facebook.com slash the universe box and the voicemail number is 424-274-2352 again that's 424-274-2352 now i'm working on the p.o box another week or two before i get there yeah we'll have the p.o box and we look on our twitter or our facebook we'll We'll post it there as soon as uh, it's available so emery where can people find you online you can find me on the twitters at amd simone and as for me you can follow me on twitter at bill meeks you can follow all of the podcasts we do including this one legends of god them greetings from storybrook at universebox.com and you know what i i wrote kind of like a mythological kind of fairy tale kind of story a couple weeks back you I don't, did it's awesome i don't have a co- copyright how here, do you not have a copy it's in the closet oh, uh but stupid closet it, it's called uh, the trials of king sparrow and you can uh pick that up at bit.ly slash king sparrow or any of your common ebook retailers that are amazon for the next three weeks until it goes off exclusive <laughs> okay so you could have got it during prime mm-hmm. day when there was no other sale 
Okay, so this will be our last episode before all of you guys leave because you're going to leave after the politics episode probably. No, they're it's not. It's going to be so controversial. I don't know if it's going to be that controversial. It might be kind of controversial. Yeah, we'll probably see. will. It's a little scary. Maybe I'll just share a bunch of fake of opinions to get everyone mad at us. Don't That'd do that. Fun. No, I won't no, do that. No, no fakies. No, actually, I, I'm going to call back to this if someone actually does get mad at us and be like, no, no, it was a fake opinion. See, I, I, call it, I, no. I teased it the week beforehand. No, no fakies. Oh, let's make friends, no enemies. That's fair. Well, until <laughs> next time. Remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Do not adjust, adjust your computer, computer screen. screen. If, if your mind were changing, stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe box. <laughs> I was on the wrong show. Universe boxio. Yeah, basically. Universe boxio. <laughs>